Hockey Calgary is the governing body for all minor hockey in Calgary, from Timbits to Junior. This year marks the 50th year of operation. Although an unusual one, Hockey Calgary has been a leader in the return to hockey process. Focusing on the safety of their members, fun and development are at the forefront of this season as players hit the ice once again. Hockey Calgary would like to thank their members for their patience and cooperation through the return to hockey process and look forward to seeing everybody at the rink. Interested in volunteering at future Sport Calgary events? Visit sportcalgary.ca to get involved. Sport Calgary presents the Face First Podcast with your hosts Alicia Rissling and Grace Defoe. And here they are sliding right on in, Grace and Alicia. All right, so welcome back to the Face First Podcast. I'm Grace. And I'm Alicia, a.k.a. Riz. And we have a very special guest joining us today. We have Michaela Widmer. Welcome Hi, guys. to the show, Michaela. Thank you for having me very nice for you to take some time and and join us today um Michaela is a former skeleton athlete as well as a kids sport ambassador yeah we're really excited and we should note that Riz and I are officially on the road in Whistler so this is our first time recording uh digitally so uh it'll be really really interesting but we're looking forward to it yeah (laughs) and happy that we could be together so we're coming to you from the very rainy whistler where the track was about 10 kilometers an hour slower today than it was yesterday but um still a good day to do some learning and practice on the track how'd you find it uh i mean the no start grooves is pretty difficult for skeleton Mm. because uh they just turned into a river but um yeah i mean it wasn't too bad at the beginning the second run got a little slower Mm -hmm. michaela you know a little bit about that I know a little bit about that. That's for sure. I'm so jealous you guys are in Whistler right now. I'm like sitting at home at work in Calgary, seeing everyone post all these videos to Facebook and Instagram. And it's like really giving me that uh, sliding bug back. So uh, I think the next time I'm out there coaching, I'm going to bring my gear out, try and take a couple rips down. Yeah, I'll race you, Grace. (laughs) Uh Oh, it's on. So I will say that uh, I think it was in our first podcast. I I referred to you as my friend, coach, and mentor, and uh, I think I inflated your ego a little bit too big um, because you brought it up when I saw you right before I left Calgary. <laughs> but um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what sports you did growing up and how that brought you into skeleton? Yeah, for sure. So I was kind of not into sports at all until about junior high. I was a super nerdy, artsy kid. I was like that kid who like I collected coins at one point. I can't believe I just said that out loud, but definitely not like the sportiest kid. And then in grade six or seven, I started playing basketball um, because a bunch of my like best friends all played. So they convinced me to go out and for to try out for Boer basketball in South Calgary. And um, that kind of started everything. I got into basketball. I did cross country. Um, played volleyball and it was basketball that actually brought me into skeleton so when I was in grade 11 I did um, a basketball acceleration course at uh, it's now Repsol Sports Center but when I was there it was Talisman or might have been still Lindsay Park at that point <laughs> I don't remember um, not dating myself at all don't worry yeah not dating myself at all 
Uh, I'm sure it was Halsey Center still. Uh, but anyway, so uh, the coach there uh, for the basketball program, he's an amazing basketball player, and he actually um, is part of the strength and development team at the Spurs right now. But he did skeleton. His name was Kelly Forbes, and he was on the national skeleton team at the time. And so, um, you know, I was still playing basketball and all that stuff. But then um, when I was in grade 12, like I wasn't as good as Riz in basketball, and I did not have scholarships coming my way. So I knew that was going to be the end of it for me. So I kind of, you know, he knew my athletic capabilities and all that kind of stuff and um, knew my personality really well. We spent a lot of time together. So, uh, yeah, I asked him what he he thought I should do next and he was like you know what you should really try skeleton and I was like what skeleton <laughs> and he explained it to me and I I think I actually said like no way you're crazy was my first um my first reaction um because I like I still haven't been on a roller coaster I'm a massive wimp uh so you haven't been on a roller coaster and you've slid no, every track I've slid almost every track in the world like my top speed's 140 and I mean, like, there, there isn't an amount of money that could give you on a roller coaster, I think, but it's real high. Like, not, a, like, <laughs> I'm not volunteering for that. <laughs> After uh, the kids' sport stampede party, whenever that next is, I'm going to take you on a roller coaster. <laughs> oh, no, because the last time I was on a ride at Stampede, it li- like, I was so sick that I went home from Stampede. So give me Whistler or Altenburg on a fast day any day. But and no, was thank it you. a Ferris wheel, Michaela? <laughs> Rude. No, it was not. <laughs> but it probably wasn't much more than that. <laughs> anyway, sidebar. How did you end up then going from no way to I'm taking my first runs? Obviously, I'm assuming through the Alberta Skeleton. Yeah, yeah. so um, nice little shout out to uh, Alberta Skeleton Association there. Um, so yeah, so Alberta Skeleton at the time was holding Discover Skeleton sessions. So Kelly signed me up for one. He, I think he even paid for it for me to make me go. And I went out and took two rips down from junior start, hated it. But the people there were so awesome that I was like, you know what, maybe I'll come back and try it again. So I came back one more time. And still didn't love it. <laughs> um, it feel, It's a weird feeling getting your head pushed into the ice and you don't know how fast you're going. And at that point, you still don't know what way the corners go. Um, but I, for some reason, and I think it was the people, I kept going back. And I kept having a ton of fun. And then, um, you know, the more I went, the better I got and the less it hurt. And that was in 2004. So um, safe to say it's worked out well for me, I guess. No kidding. So, sorry, backtrack. This was in high school still, or was this when you graduated? No. So, I I did my first run at a Discover Skeleton when I was in grade 12. Oh. Yeah. So, so I was still sliding and then um, graduated. And then that next year, um, was planning on taking a year off anyway from school. Um, That was always my plan growing up, to take a gap year. And then instead of um, going and moving to Switzerland to you know, go spend time with family and learn the language. I ended up, um, you know, then I was working at uh, Talisman Center and training for, ske- I started training for skeleton full time and then, and then went to the watch the Olympics in Torino. Um, I went with a bunch of people from Alberta skeleton and my dad and like a ton of the Canadian athletes. Um, we all went to Torino to watch um, the athletes there and, you know, Duff won gold Jeff won silver, Melissa won bronze, 
And so that was like really key timing, I think, for me to be a part of that excitement um, so early in my career. Um, so it was a suit lay was like, you know, I'd had one full year of sliding um, as like a super brand newbie, like to the point where I didn't even realize at my very first AFA Cup, which is Alberta Skeleton Association, that uh, the second run is by reverse order. So I was in last place and the race director came out and yelled. She's like, who's Michaela? And I was like hiding in the corner because unlike the person you guys know me as now, which is super chatty and, 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 uh, and loud, I, uh, I used to not talk at all and I would like hide in the corner. <laughs> so, um, yeah, anyway, so I just had like a full year of that. And then we, we went to Lake Placid on a, just a fun training trip. And then, you know, got back from Lake Placid, super amped on that. And then went to Torino to cheer the team on. And, um, you know, I remember walking around the streets of Torino um, after Duff won. And we were all walking around and he was like showing off his medal to people. And we were, you know, going like from place to place to celebrate with him. And it was, it was really cool. I got back and was just like, that was it for me. Um, that was 2006 and yeah, like skeleton became my full time thing. I was started traveling the world with the team in 2006, um, started off at America's cup. And then, um, two years later, three years later is on Europa cup, um, spent some time there and then moved up to internet continental cup and then, um, spent some time uh, on the world cup level. Um, I can't believe I've known you for how long and I've never heard this story before. Like I haven't heard that. I didn't realize you went to Torino to watch. That's incredible. What yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> Holy. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. And it's weird because at the time I didn't think it was such a pivotal experience, but I think, um, yeah, it was just like really great timing in that I was like just starting to really understand the sport as like, man, this might be something I could be good at. And then, um, Torino was actually really amazing because of like the way it kind of happened. It was, you know, an email from the president, um, of, all, of the Alberta Skeleton Association at the time. And he basically was like, who wants to go and share accommodations to make this cheaper? And I was like, sure, I'll go. Like, I don't know. My dad ended up coming and we like made it into a joint trip to go to Switzerland and visit some family. And then, um, we were, you know, in Italy for the games and, it was just, it was, I met people there that hooked me up with um, my next strength coach for skeleton, which was like when things got really serious. So one of the guys that we were staying with, um, you know, he was on the national team at the time, Steve Leeson, who then was like, you should come train with me and Cristiano Paez. And it all kind of just like blossomed from there. Yeah. You, uh, you mentioned Switzerland a couple times in this podcast. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you're connected to Switzerland and what that turned into. Yeah. So that's, it's funny because it's, it, at the time it didn't, it was nothing. It was my dad was born and raised in Switzerland and um, I've always had my Swiss citizenship. And so, um, you know, it was just always something that I would, you know, pretend to speak German to the German team and the Swiss team and, you know, like make jokes. And then um, it eventually turned into me um, switching nations. Um, in 2014, I switched from um, a Canadian athlete to representing Switzerland due to some, you know, I, I'll just say sport politics. And, and I ended up having another opportunity that I took advantage of, um, which I'm so grateful for. I think that it really... Um, for a long time, I struggled with people thinking that I was a traitor to the Canadian 
plague and all that stuff. But I think that at the end of the day, it's just an opportunity that I took um, to continue to slide. And um, it was amazing to, it brought me way closer to like the Swiss part of my heritage. Um, it got me involved in the Swiss Cultural uh, Society of Calgary. I was vice president of their um, their club for two years and have met some really amazing people. And um, but yeah, I I compete. I ended my uh, sliding career in 2016, uh, competing for the Swiss. That I mean, I still think about you being on ICC for Switzerland, actually right here in Whistler, and we actually roomed together. It was my first race here in Whistler, um, and it was some of the most fun two weeks. Me hanging out, tagging <laughs> along with the Swiss team. And showing them around Whistler. And obviously, you know the Whistler track quite well. So I got to pick your brain a little bit through the few weeks as well. Um, I think that's still one of my most fun trips to Whistler. So, Oh, that's so nice, Grace. That's adorable. I just wanted to to kind of clarify for the listeners here. So Bobsled and Skeleton have very similar um, tours, we call them. So the North America's Cup is the development circuit that goes around the four tracks in North America. Obviously, um, Calgary is, well, not obviously, if you're listening from Calgary, you might have heard that the Calgary track um, has been closed now. This is the second season it's been closed. Um, It was supposed to be renovated. Um, But unfortunately, those renovations have gotten pushed and pushed, so we still don't have a track. Um, The Europa Cup is the equivalent of the North America's Cup, but it's on the European um, tracks. So it's a tour that goes across a couple of the, the European tracks and it's meant as a development circuit. Um, from those two tours in bobsleigh, it goes directly to the World Cup. So you're either on the development tours in North America or, or Europa, we call it the Europa Cup, um, or you're on the World Cup. Skeletons got a middle ground there called the ICC. What does it sound? Intercontinental. Intercontinental, because you go between continents. Yeah. It's like a prep for World Cup, makes sense. And I mean, we then don't have to hang out with bobsledders. Sorry, Riz. <laughs> um, the ice is a little bit better with only skeleton athletes. Yeah. I'm going to blame four men for that. But um yeah so just so people following on when we're talking about these different tours is just talking about the levels and just because you are competing in a europa or a north america's cup does not mean that you're not eligible to compete in an icc or a world cup um it just depends on the timing um sometimes it's logistics and for the most part it's just where your team thinks you need the most experience so um sometimes athletes go across the, the three tours even or four tours um or sometimes athletes just compete on the one and it just depends on the year. And I think we've all had experience doing a little bit of doubling and everything, but yeah, that, I mean, I hopped between NAC and ICC last year and, but I imagine you guys ship your bobsleds. So like once you're over in Europe, you're like, you want to do as many races before you ship everything back. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So actually like my example would be two years ago. Um, I started on the North America's cup flew to Europe, did Europa Cup, and then right after Christmas joined up with the World Cup on the same tracks that we had just done the Europa Cups, just kind of re-racing the same tracks um, just because of logistics and leaving our bobsleds there. Um, and it's quite expensive to ship your bobsled. <laughs> um, you can't carry that You on. can't carry it on the plane like these skeleton athletes get to, so it's a little bit of a different story here. Believe but, me, like, I'd way rather ship my skeleton sled than have to carry that through Munich. Yeah, because, well, why don't you guys go and dive into the sled a little bit? Like, how heavy is it? Uh, So, I mean, around 27 to 37 kilos-ish, depending on the athlete, male, female, body weight. Um, We have a weight cap that's for men and and women. Um, So, you plus your gear and your sled need to equal under a certain weight. Um, 
but like right now mine weighs close to just under 30 kilos. Um, we got to take off like the part we lay in the saddle and put that in another bag and then wrap our sled up, pat it all together, say our prayers that doesn't get damaged on the plane. Um, and then put our runners in a separate kind of a, a, it looks similar to a gun case or is a gun case. They're wrapped up in there. And then you have one bag to fit your saddle. I mean, if you're trying not to overpack, you have one bag to fit your saddle and all the rest of your like personal belongings and carry on as much as possible and all your jackets. Um, a lot of people bring two bags. I like the challenge of bringing one. <laughs> yeah, know, Grace, if you ever need, if you ever need packing tips, I got you. I am the queen of packing for like a six month tour in one bag. Okay, but I'm, like I'd, say, I'd say I'm better when I'm flying. I drove out here to Whistler and I threw, I'm like, oh, why not bring my food processor, my food scale? I just kept throwing stuff <laughs> in the car. And like, now I'm trying to move to a new place tomorrow because I'm like switching places halfway or a quarter of the way through my trip. And I'm like, why did I bring so much stuff? I did not need like 30 pairs of pants. <laughs> Well, when no, I left for this tour, um, I was told I either was leaving for two weeks, two months, or five months. We didn't know. So I packed everything. But a little different for us because our sleds go in big shipping crates and we can just pack all our stuff and hide it in there. And then I only have to bring the one bag on the plane, which just makes for easily easier traveling. It's just much more expensive. So, oh, yeah. I mean, Michaela, you, you obviously don't miss that part, the traveling and the and the packing part. What parts do you miss about skeleton, about sliding? Good question. Um, and if, depending on the time of year, you, this answer changes because I think that um, a lot of sliders in like October, November will start saying that it's starting to smell like sliding. And it's like, it's almost like you can smell like the leaves starting to turn and you like with the winter, like the wind is now wintry now. And, um yeah I don't know so right now I'm missing that speed I'm missing having like just one focus I think that one thing it was actually um you know during with all this COVID stress and all that nonsense that um I missed being a skeleton athlete because when I was a skeleton athlete honestly all I cared about was being fast I cared about training I cared about making sure my sled was in good shape I you know cared that you know, I, my mental state was in a good state for sliding. Like it was all one, one focus on being the best skeleton athlete I could be. And I definitely didn't realize that I missed that until <laughs> like the world shut down. Um, <laughs> so yeah, definitely missed that. But for the sport itself, I miss, I miss that feeling of when you just nail a curve and you can feel yourself accelerate out of that curve. Um, like a prime example is when you know you've nailed like 11, 12 in, in Whistler and when you're coming through 13 and you just know you're going into 14, like, and you're cooking and it's almost like you, your runners, you don't even feel like they're touching the ice between um, 13 and 14. Cause you're going so fast. Oh, I love that feeling. And I, I seem to recall that on world cup, your last world cup here in Whistler, um, you were, they might've said you had the best 11, 12 of the whole field. I think it was, or was it 12, 13? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you watch it more than I do. <laughs> you know, I'm the biggest fan. Just keep studying. Yeah. Fan friend mentor. <laughs> so why don't you talk a bit about too, now that you've kind of left the sport as an athlete, what you're doing now at a different level and kind of how talking about how the president of Alberta Skeleton 
got you into this trip to, to Torino. Now that's a little bit full circle, isn't it? It is kind of full circle. So um, in 2019, uh, I became the president of Alberta Skeleton. Um, I also am now coaching with um, uh, Joe Cicchini as, the par- as part of the Sniper Skeleton Club. And uh, I've coached for Which you guys Canada. Yeah, we created that. And then uh, um, and then I also coached for Team Canada for the Youth Olympic Games last year. And then um, I've also done some coaching, actually, while Joe was still competing. Um, I traveled with him and Team Italy for quite a bit to, uh, you know, try and help him qualify for the 2018 Games and then uh, help the team out in Whistler at the 2019 World Championship. So um, retiring from Skeleton, I thought I was going to be like starting this completely new chapter and, uh, you know, finishing school and, you know, like starting a career, which I did. Um, but somehow now I have more skeleton commitments than I've ever had, uh, in my life, I feel like, which is hilarious. Um, but it's really good because it's, um, you know, at first I did it because honestly there was no one else doing it. It's skeleton and, and bobsleigh it seemed, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Riz, but it seems like there's, it, there's lots of athletes that don't like when, once they leave the sport, they're out of the sport. And, um, so one thing that, you know, I, I love the sport of skeleton so much, um, you know, regardless of sport politics or, you know, whatever drama is happening on tour with your teammates or the federation or, um, you know, the governing body, the IBSF. But um, I just love the sport. I love going fast. And I love seeing people get better. And uh, so I kind of, you know, I stuck around as a part time coach because there was no one else to do it. And then now we've got, you know, an amazing uh, development program with the snipers that, you know, we had their first camping. Grace slid in the first camp last week and um, I wasn't there this time, but if sounded like it was amazing and we're really excited about the athletes that we have coming up there and then um with alberta skeleton we're trying to take it in a you know we're trying to grow the sport of skeleton at a grassroots level and you know in europe you start skeleton at you know eight nine ten years old in in canada it's usually like more between 14 and 17 and we're trying to change that and we're trying to get you know grade four kids out in the ice house so um, we're trying to make some big moves and get as many people, um, you know, into these sliding sports as possible. Um, I have so many questions about this. You can do skeleton <laughs> at that age. I thought you had to be at least 14. So you have to be, so no, that's just like as far the 14, as far as I've been able to tell through research and talking to people is just like an arbitrary age, um, that Alberta skeleton set years ago. Um, you have to be 16 to compete internationally. Um, but yeah, in skeleton, like, so the very first time I was in Europe for junior world championships in 2008, we were in Eagles and, you know, we went a little bit early just to get some extra training in. And we, the session after us, there was these like eight year old kids with their little junior cute skeleton sleds. Um, they were just like sliding from the exit of Kreisel and Eagles. And we were all just gobsmacked. Like what is happening? Why is this child using a skeleton club like that and their coaches are just shoving them down the track it's hilarious so i want to be one of those coaches <laughs> that just shoved those eight-year-olds down the track apparently um no but in a, yeah obviously in a safe way but um yeah so like when i was coaching in uh st moritz in 2020 for youth olympic games it was really interesting because so the girls and the boys never slid together um they were in separate sessions so i was on the track coaching um the girls one day and so the Austrian men's team was standing with me. We were talking and 
you know, like to be a part of youth Olympic games, you have to be under 18. So they're, you know, still kids. And one of the, one of the Austrian sliders was asking me how old the Canadian girl was and, you know, and how long she's been sliding. And, you know, Hallie had been, she's been sliding for two years and at, at her age in Canada, that's a ton. Like it was, it's like, you know, she's one of the youngest people to ever get on a sled and he's already been sliding for eight years. <laughs> like eight years eight and years. He, eight years and he was 17 years old so when we were coaching it was like I was, I was trying to wrap my head around how how can I like catch up to that development like you can't you can't um so the best way in my opinion to do it is to grow our grassroots level and start at a younger age. And um, I, cause I don't believe in early sport specialization. Like I, but I, I think that at least like, you know, add sliding into the mix of all of the fun things you get to do, you know, I so do hopefully know. So, that can, yeah. so I know that in Calgary, we have a program that loser can losers yet yeah, not to be confused with losers, even though we like to make that joke sometimes because they're <laughs> uh, the opposite sport of us on the same track, but um luge can start from such a young age however we've always said like a skeleton would be the next oldest and then bobsleigh it used to be 18 but now with the introduction of the monobob we can start at 16 that now correct me if i'm wrong you were at the youth olympic games and i'm guessing the bobsledders there was there anyone there younger than 16 if i'm being honest i didn't pay attention that much to the ages of the bobsledders based like on it like i'm not sure I, I would be surprised if they were would have been that much younger than 16 only because just like thinking of what they look like mm-hmm. um yeah I I know that there were like so at, with the skeleton girls like Hallie um the Canadian slider was actually the youngest at 15 okay yeah so 16 15 something like that like I think she was 15 and she was the youngest um and so it's it's just mind blowing though to have, you know, especially like when you're at the World Cup level, like everyone for the most part is in their mid to late 20s, like 30s. We like on the skeleton side, I don't know about Bosley, we've got like some early 40 year olds. Um, and then to be, you know, rocking around St. Moritz with all these kids that are throwing down good times. Um, and they're 15, 16, 17 years old. It was, it was really cool. So we're hoping um, through snipers at Alberta Skeleton to be able to you know get a little of that going in Canada yeah I mean I I was as you mentioned a part of of the camp the snipers camp last week it was a ton of fun um even as a slider now older in my career it's really fun to be around the kids just they're just having a good time having a rip and they just love the sport so much and for some of us who've been around a little bit longer, it's like a nice reminder that not every day is like super serious and I feel like also in Whistler generally the first few runs here the star house can be real <laughs> quiet it's a ghost town uh, quiet. <laughs> yeah so i mean it, for me it was a really fun way to kick off my my season and just kind of relax a little bit and i know michaela knows she's coached me before but i tend to be a little bit of a nervous slider and case the start house and i did not this year so you should be very proud uh, i am proud <laughs> i'm always proud so, Michaela, another thing that um, you brought up a lot is uh, you don't believe in early sport specialization and uh, you're really involved with sport at the grassroots level. So why don't you talk a little bit about some of the other organizations, other, well, you can talk about your involvement with kids sport and maybe other ones that are near and dear to your heart, because I know you're really involved in that level, like that grassroots level in Calgary. 
Yeah. So I think like one of the biggest things that makes all of us, so, you know, for people listening, like Alicia, Grace and I, um, we all met through a gym that we all trained at and, you know, we'd kind of known each other through the sport world, but, you know, we really got to be friends at, um, at a gym. And one of the best things we did for our, even though we were all training at a high performance level for national team spots is we would go to like ninja classes and we would all try new things and, and have a lot of fun. So I think that, um, you know, the fun part and then the, you know, just making sure your body's still moving healthy and you're not, you know, breaking things down as a 10 year old or whatever, um, is super important. So I spend a lot of time, um, uh, I'm a, I'm a kids work Calgary ambassador. And so obviously I think the allowing kids or get, having kids all have access to play regardless of their um, family's financial situation is, um, huge. And, you know, I will do whatever I can forever for kids sport. Uh, cause I just think their cause and what they're doing is so amazing. Um, with, and again, with the, the, uh, flame sports bank, you know, providing equipment, uh, to kids, I'll, you know, always, always try and support that. I'm also, um, a fast and female real role model. So, um, which fast and female focuses on, um, empowering girls through sport. Uh, cause there's like girls drop out of sport, um, at six times the rate of boys between the ages of nine and 12. And, um, as a female athlete and as someone who's like aggressively seen the positive side that sport, the, the positive impact that sports had on me. Like I'm like, I was not confident, super shy, super quiet. Like, <laughs> um, and like, there's no I way don't believe it. Accuse, I know like it's shocking. There's a, there's a, only a few skeleton at, well, there's no skeleton, like active skeleton. I'm so old. Um, everyone's already retired. They would actually believe me, but, um, yeah, like it's just, my life changed so much because of sport and I want to give that opportunity to more girls whether it's through you know kids sport calgary whether it's through um, my work at fast and female I'm actually working for them part-time now as their as a program coordinator which is really interesting like pivoting all of their curriculum from in-person events to um the virtual space with uh COVID-19 but um yeah like I just it's so important and I'm sure you guys would agree too that you know, the amount of, uh, like you just, you feel so good in sport and it changes, it just changes the way, um, like a, a girl carries herself. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I'm involved more at a grassroots level. And, um, one thing too, I think that with, especially with fast and female, because we do get like when we were doing, um, in-person events, we would get sometimes girls that, you know, their parents had signed them up or they had to go with their sister or something like that. And they maybe necessarily didn't really want to be there. And I think, uh, it's maybe not, doesn't have to be sports for everything. Um, but it's something that you're passionate about, whether it's, you know, dance or art or music or, you know, something that may, maybe it isn't soccer or basketball, like it was for us or figure skating or, you know, bobsleigh skeleton. Uh, but I definitely think that to find something you're passionate about and to just really engage in that and explore your, your potential there is, is super key. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all of that for sure. And um, I know sports changed my life. And and I also think of my stories parallel a little bit is that when I started the sport, you were the loud one in the corner and I was the quiet one. <laughs> and I mean, look at us both now. So um... <laughs> I can attest to that, Grace. Yeah. I remember you being super quiet and now you've really like come out of your shell. I was just shy. Just shy, just shy. <laughs> It's okay. It's pretty impressive. It's allowed. Um, shy, shy is okay. Um, just continuing your story. So now that we've talked about your involvement, um, 
and kind of some of the opportunities that Skeleton has brought you um, and how that kind of shift into your career. Obviously, there's been some COVID issues and things that's changed in your life, but um, how do you think that that's set you up for, well, you had a career and <laughs> working towards the next one, but... <laughs> yeah, so I actually started a new job two and a half weeks ago um, at the Calgary Hey, Club, which is, uh, Yeah, thank you. So it's really cool. Yeah, COVID sucks, but anyway, that's fine. Um, <laughs> um, I'm super happy to be there, but I think, like, oh, like at the end of the day, um, athletics, I think, teaches you so many lessons that translate into be into being, like, a more employable adult. So it's, you know, being able to take that constructive criticism it's being able to deal with a team when maybe not everyone has either the same goal like that was something that was really interesting with skeleton is you're on team canada or team switzerland but it's an individual sport like you're still you still have to so we're like working together all week in training to like sharing runner information sharing lines making sure the other athletes not flipping out of a corner and you know you're going to ask for help too from them but then on race day you're like competing against that person so that's a lot of what happens in an or like a you know a corporation as well like you're all one team with a common goal but like if it comes down to one promotion you know you gotta it's it's it just it's interesting so I think that um you know th like there's like you know athletes I think they do have a leg up on a lot of people and I've you know I've heard it in interviews and um you know, from tons of previous employers that a, like a lot of the reasons why they hired me were, you know, skills that, you know, they maybe didn't know it came from at the athletic world, but definitely came from the athletic world. And um, even just as simple as like, you know, like hard work and determination and sometimes doing things you don't want to do. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I remember some of those cars and pails and rails from Rev that I did not want to do but someone told me to do them because I would be make, they would make me better. And I did them and they did. <laughs> so I think it's just like, you know, so many skills that you can translate into your real life. And um, yeah, it's huge, obviously. I love it. Wow. Well said. Those are good. Some, some good words of wisdom there to pass along. <laughs> Grace wrote them down. <laughs> yeah. I'm over here writing. I'm your mentor. Yeah. <laughs> In my mind, I wrote it down. <laughs> Grace, take notes. Um, you're also a Kidsport Calgary ambassador, which you did say, what's your favorite Kidsport event? Cool. Jeez Louise. Can you pick, make can you pick one? one? That's oh, a question we have to ask everyone. Oh, and we also need to know if you mm. participated in Pizza Pig Out. Yes, I did participate in Pizza Pig Out. So I got pizza from two places. Um, Atlas Pizza was the one that I got to um, deliver to two Kidsport families from. And then I got to taste test it myself. Delicious. Big shout out to Atlas Pizza. Thank you very much. And then this past Saturday, I ordered in from Inglewood Pizza. Half and half, Donair and All Meat. They were both delicious. Um, I am pizzaed out, which is not something I say often, but... Um, I actually texted Kevin Webster, the, the CEO from Kidsport there. I was like, Kevin, I don't know if I can do it. Like, I think we need to go need to go back to like one night because the week of pizza is too much for me or like the 15 days or whatever, how long it was. It killed me. Um, but I think my favorite event. Ooh, there's I love them all. I like actually like I love the Kidsport event so much that um, you know, I was thinking about how Christmas will be different this year and the number Two thing I'm going to miss is the Kidsport Christmas party. 
um oh, it's always yeah. such a great time uh, yeah yeah let that sink in <laughs> so number one thing is actually the the ninja potluck we guys we do for christmas so i'm like that's a bummer i think overall my favorite event though is the <sighs> brian burke's targets for kids Oh, I think that one's great. Yeah, that's my yeah. favorite. I also really love the human bond spiel, though. You guys, there's so many great events. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. What are your guys? Grace is the targets for kids. Riz, what's yours? Yeah. Um. That, that's a good question. I think my, my favorite was the the kids sport games at the Hitman Home Opener. Oh, that was good too. Yeah. Dang, we get to, we get to do a lot of really cool stuff for kids sport, which is a really great way um you know to bring awareness i feel bad sometimes when um when the staff at kids sport you know say thank you to us and i'm like do you realize we just got to have so much fun with all of our friends while promoting a cause that we all love like <laughs> yeah you're welcome <laughs> yeah we just got a we just got a social night and plus kids sport kids sport uh, obviously yeah. wins that one as well that we raise raise money awareness whatever for kids um but i agree you roll up and we're all friends at this point and it's just like it's better than hanging out at uh mj mozak's house <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. we still love you it's a lot of fun <laughs> okay. i'm totally kidding but you know what i mean like a night where we get to go out and you know do the kids work games with the hitman or human bonds feel i'm like we can't just normally organize these things as a group of friends but it's it is super fun and we get to all hang out yeah, for sure. There's so many, like, I never thought I would be, you know, shooting um, clay pigeons next to Brian Burke. Yet, here you are. How'd you do? Here, here I am. <laughs> Did you knock him out in that game? Annie Oakley? Annie no, Oakley? Yeah, uh, the, the best shot I've ever had in Annie Oakley was my first, first event. And uh, we were doing, and I, I got out uh, Martin Jelenoff from the flames uh and he it was so funny because like this again i'm like i'm so sorry but i didn't know what his nickname was when he was played like i didn't know people called him the eliminator so for the rest of the day people kept coming up to me and being like you eliminated the eliminator and i was like huh? <laughs> <laughs> like it was so bad i felt horrible um but also felt like a badass for about 45 minutes so that was a win for that day. <laughs> That's amazing. Good there. Yeah, it yeah. was it was good. All right. Well, we just wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to uh, join us on our Face First podcast. Um, we, I know you're a guest that we were really looking forward to having for a while. We've been pumping your tires. So thank you for joining <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I was going to say, I feel like there might be a part two at one point as well. We, there's just so much to dive into with you, obviously. So we really appreciate you taking the time. And yeah, thank good, you guys so much. Good luck for the season. Are we going to see you on any tracks anywhere? Um, you will for sure. If you guys are at, still in Whistler in November and December, I'm uh, going to be there. And then we'll kind of just see what happens with the season. Um, you know, hopefully I make it out to St. Moritz for Junior World Championships again. Um, but for sure, I'm in Whistler three times this year. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to for sure see at least Grace November 24th. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm hoping to still be there. All right, my bad. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon, Michaela. And thanks again for joining us. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Good luck at your races. Thanks. Thanks. Kidsport Calgary would like to recognize a partner, Elevate Lacrosse. Join Elevate Lacrosse, Canada's leader in youth lacrosse development. Registration is now open for the Elevate Winter Training Program, directed and coached by National Lacrosse League players, providing the highest level of indoor box instruction. Get registered today at www.elevatelacrosse.com.